All right, we're here doing the uh, My Life in Gaming Game Club discussion for um, November and December 2020. Uh, November, we played through DuckTales and and or, depending on which how everybody went, DuckTales Remastered, the original being on the NES and remastered on uh, PC, 360, and PS3 and Wii U, I believe. And then followed up by November or December's uh, nights and Christmas nights for a our Christmas theme game club for December, and we have a handful of people here. We've got uh, Chris Demo Kirby, Golden Cane, Ermags, and myself and Try in here um, to start off with a bit of discussion about Ducktales. So that's that. That was what we uh, first voted on. Uh, I don't even have right here what we what the others' options were for November, but uh, I guess we'll start right in. Anybody have previous experience from? You know, obviously, the game's been out since '88, uh, I believe, was release. So, or somewhere around. I had to double check, but uh, anybody have pl play it play it much back or near original time? You know, I, I remember borrowing. <clears throat> I, I I can never be sure if it was DuckTales 1 or DuckTales 2, but I did borrow one of them from a friend uh, back in the day. And I remember just kind of not understanding how to play it. Uh, you know, th the whole pogo mechanic kind of confused me because I, I was so used to Mario and I didn't understand, like, what was the difference between just jumping on enemy versus having to like have the cane do this thing. So I, I, I remember being confused by it and I did not play a lot of it. I was kind of a bigger fan of the rescue Rangers TV show. I mean, I liked DuckTales, but I liked rescue Rangers a little bit more as an adult. I like DuckTales more, but uh, back then, you know, I was all about Rescue Rangers, and uh, I did not play the DuckTales game. I think I, I think I played a little bit of it, when, uh, like, back when, like, PSP hacking was, like, first coming around. And then I finally, like, I want to say maybe 2008, 2007 or 2008, I think I got a copy of the NES game and uh I I really I really enjoyed it. I, I, I think I still like Chippendale more, but uh it's it's a great game. Yeah, I didn't play it at all as a kid, which kind of surprises me because I did have an NES like well a couple of years after that. I was born in 88 and I loved DuckTales as a kid, but what probably happened is that I just never saw it on the shelf and didn't know the game existed because I was like three years old. When I got my NES. Yeah, so. I had an NES probably 90, 91, somewhere around there. Um, but I I didn't play it either. But most of my games, I had a handful because it was a used console at the time. Had a handful of games, but it, most of my stuff came from rentals. So it's likely that this was never at uh, Mallard's video in Keystone Heights in the middle of nowhere. But uh, it, that's where everything came from at the time. But I got more heavily into doing a lot of those rentals and stuff more in the SNES era. So I was I was familiar with it through you know years of retro stuff. Even when retro stuff was kind of on the on a uh, downward slope in the the late aughts, but I, I just I had never picked it up or never played it beforehand. So I ended up um, 
I until I think I played I played some probably on 360 the remaster when it first came out and I don't even remember completing the first level just getting annoyed with it at the time and just going on because had so many other alternatives available but um, definitely no uh, NES experience Did anybody else play NES version uh, pre recent um I might have played actually i probably watched people play it because i was always the youngest wherever because i had two older sisters and stuff like we owned an nes and it was one of those games kind of like when you're little and you see a game they stand out to you because i was watching ducktales and i could that and zelda cartridges because zelda cartridges were gold <laughs> but i was <laughs> but too young to I watched it be played, didn't fully understand, but liked the show. And but also also was a big Chippendales fan. Still have a uh still have from when we went to Disney World when I was six a uh chip uh stuff animal from that trip. So I, I do too. <laughs> did the did it have the fake pleather jacket and it completely corroded apart? Because that's what happened to mine. No, the jacket is is fabric uh yeah way. yeah the one i had had like a pleather thing and the pleather oh, okay. all, it still has the jacket but it's like no pleather left on it just like a thin match an old, old bicycle seat as they all come apart yeah that's, that's <laughs> or like maybe leather like headphone pads oh, yeah gosh. yeah kind of like that it's like where like every time you wear them you just like start finding flex like in your hair and on your hands like ugh. or even better uh, a leather chair coming apart where there was little bits in the bathroom oh mm -hmm. no Ooh, on the floor <laughs> man i bet i could commission someone just to make a new jacket for him i never really thought about that probably, <laughs> probably. Uh, certainly yeah get the reupholster take it to an automotive reupholster and they'll uh, yeah they'll they'll be able to leather it up yeah, with they stuff yeah, there. Yeah, I could just get someone. I'm just gonna pay someone to do that. That's gonna be great. <laughs> yeah. So after, so after playing through one thing, I realized like it. It, it seems how how are they? Well, it's not the hardest game I've played on NES. How how is oh. this targeted towards kids? Like this is not the mechanics of here. Just um, they, they didn't they didn't seem to be something I would expect the target audience of a DuckTales game in 1989, which is when this came out, September of 89, uh, it, when I looked it up, to, to figure out these mechanics on top of... Obtuse, maybe. I did not understand the game very well when I was a kid. Like, the... You know, I, I always think of, you know, Super Mario Brothers. The the visual language of the game is very clear. If it has spikes, you cannot jump on it. If it has sharp teeth, you cannot jump on it. If it is on fire, you cannot jump on it. If it is none of those three things, you can jump on it. Uh, DuckTales, you have to pogo, but then there's certain things you can't pogo. Like, I want to say you, like, uh, in the Amazon uh you know, I have to confess, I did not replay the game uh, during the month that it was the Game Club. But hey, I didn't get much time either. <laughs> if, if I recall, like the the plants in the Amazon, oh my God, can you? Plants. Nope, they, they like, will eat you. Like, I, can't I think that's like then the remaster as well. Not, I can't remember. Yeah, you can't. The Amazon's level is definitely yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, the Amazon's level is definitely one of the the hardest level, I'd say. And uh, definitely something that frustrated me the first time I tried to actually play the game that mm. actually like made me not want to come back to it and not give it a second try. 
uh, the Amazon level is very confusing. The plants just eating you when you you learn that spikes are fine to pogo on. It's just yeah. uh, it's all yeah. very confusing. There's a curve. Yeah, but, I don't yeah, think definitely. Developer to plants uh, at all, but I mean that is weird. I think some of the developer logic with it was we found this really cool mechanic, and we're damn it, we're putting this in this game because we like it. <laughs> like, <laughs> and the fact that it's in a, obviously targeted to a kids game is well. 88 yes yeah or yeah, 80 september of 89 yeah play video but you know it, it is a a very well-loved classic so obviously a lot of people did uh understand it and did come to love it but you know i was at that time not one of those kids maybe maybe it was the slightly older ducktales fans that were getting more into it or i i don't know but Probably. i just I, you know, especially since I borrowed it from someone, I, I didn't have like a manual, like, you know, I mean, to be, to be fair, I thought that the mechanics in rescue Rangers were a little confusing as, you know, uh, mm. as a six year old kid, you know, picking up the boxes and throwing them and stuff, you know, it was different from Mario two, where you get on top of the thing and then you pick it up. You have to like walk into it and continue holding forward and then lift it. And I only understood that because my dad looked at the manual and explained it to me. You know, uh, with DuckTales, the, the mechanics uh, are, are similarly, maybe not something you would understand right away. And to the point where the remake even has like an option for different uh, pogo, pogo mechanics. Whether you have to hold the pogo or whether you have to like uh, hit down again or B again. I forget exactly how it works. But, it's you down know, and X if you turn on to the classic pogo option. Yeah, so it's definitely it's clearly an option that developers later, you know, way forward later understood was maybe a little confusing for some people, but yes, uh, but nonetheless, you know, pe many people clearly did get into and understand the mechanics of the game, and I think anyone today who you know uh, takes the time to understand it, you know, can can certainly come to love it. I, I can I, definitely I, agree with that. There's definitely a learning oh. curve. Oops, sorry about that. In the remaster, I found the classic pogo option weird, so I personally just set it to just having to hold the button down. Mm, yeah, yeah, there was a learning curve to it, like getting used to what, because when you push a certain degree, then suddenly you're dropping out of pogo and stuff, but I got used to it eventually. Um, it's great for people like me who never played the original and was not even around at the time to play the original, who was getting into the remaster to enjoy it. Yeah, same so. for me. I, I, I'm quite... Uh... I'm happy to have stuck with the NES version because I didn't. I don't own the remastered version. I could have gone. Uh, could have gotten it, I guess. But the, it there was, was definitely a learning curve, right? Yeah, I guess I could have gotten that. But there's definitely a learning curve to the controls. But I'm quite happy to have um, stuck with it because I've played Shovel Knight before that game, and there's definitely like a a weird thing where you have to hold the B button and down at the same time if you let go of one of those the pogo would just stop and it'll just fall flat on the enemy and take damage mm. it was very hard to grasp that at the beginning it i had a hard time with it mainly because of the amount of hours playing shovel knight because i love that game so yes much. and same yeah and absolutely not, not having it. was a big inspiration for yeah me. yeah and then so i admittedly what i did is since i'm playing i'm playing it on a uh or played it originally on a mister i did find a uh, a rom patch that changed it to use the similar controls to the remaster in terms mm -hmm. of not needing to hold both down and b to maintain your pogo so um but I, I don't remember if it was just b or just down you had to hold but made it significantly easier 
to me, I was I was like it would give me a like hand cramp trying to play through the whole Amazon with needing to hold both at all times, pretty much. Mm-hmm. And it made it was the 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 patch was more of a not just a quality of life. It was a quality of physical life patch. <laughs> it was saving my <laughs> saving my very my quickly aging fingers from uh, from this. So uh, I found that to be just a very nice ROM patch for that. Um, but yeah, I play- probably say. That's a good way for like new people to also get into the NES version as well, yeah. since yeah. It's, yeah, it might probably. feel weird to press down and B. I mean, it, it didn't really feel that weird for me while doing it. I played a ton of Shovel Knight as well, but I mean, what really annoyed me was the times where you land in a certain part of like the ground, and regardless of how you're holding down and B, you just don't pogo, you just stop. I found that it had to Sometimes. be with yeah. every time I figured found that problem, it seemed to be with edges. It's it, it, yeah, if yes. you're in a certain number of pixels of an edge, it, it cancels out your pogo before you hit the ground. Yeah, and that's what confusing. I had to learn. But yeah, yeah. Box of, uh, sorry. Yeah, so yeah, I never actually played Shovel Knight yet. Um, I, I, so I haven't gone around to playing that. That's on my list to play. But um, blasphemy. Uh, I, I mean, <laughs> no. Well, I mean, I kind of fell out for a while there in the early 2010s. So I kind of missed that boat um, for a while there when we had a new kid and all that. And, but um, and then got back into things, but that's all that's on my to playlist. But uh, yeah, I was playing the NES DuckTales and I, and one thing that I did find is I think part of its lasting appeal is once you get it down, it's a very fun flow game. When you own a handful of games and you're like, I want to play a video game, you could jump into DuckTales, have it done in a half hour, but it, you can just go on to a almost speed run like flow in it. Definitely agree. Just, yes. Well, yes. I mean, I, kind of my first real experience playing through it was uh, it was actually one of the very early uh, backloggery live streams. So it was probably 2007, 2008. Um, and uh you know, I, at the time, uh, it, it was, it seemed so difficult, uh, but I ended up finishing it like, or virtually finishing it like three times in one stream. It's really not that long, but, hmm. uh, you know, the first time I played through it, I did not get a, enough money to get the best ending. Uh, the first time I, I managed to get to the end and, uh, so I went back, got enough money, and I was on my last live on the moon. And <laughs> I, I actually recreated this for this video that we've been playing on the backloggery live streams at the front of the streams for over 10 years. And there's this clip of me uh, falling down in the pit, like from the, the spaceship that's over the level. Oh, yeah. If you... You know, I was very confident thinking I knew the layout of the level and didn't need to, like, grab the rope to, like, go down the rope and then jump off the rope. And I just dropped out of the bottom of the ship. And if you are holding the D-pad to the right or left, the frame of the ship actually holds you far enough over to where you will not continue to move to the left or right enough to clear the pit and you'll fall straight down. Yes. Uh, uh, Yep. Uh, the same. <laughs> so yeah. you cannot. And by the way, the remastered version I've tested. You can you can do that in the remastered version, but you need to use the rope in the NES version, or else you'll fall down the pit. And I I had enough money, and I was on my last life, 
uh, last continue. And it would just became this very famous moment for the, the long time backlog reviewers, because I was just like, no, and I fell <laughs> on the floor going, no, no, no. Oh, I, I would I love to see that clip. <laughs> it's supposed to be a safe exit to the far left. Like, <laughs> like that's the safe exit mm. to the far left. It's um. it's so it's so funny in retrospect just how distraught I was over this because I was able to start it up again and have enough money and be ready to beat the game again in the same stream like and you know I don't know an hour or less yeah like it's not it's not that long or that hard and like once you once you learn it uh, it's it's really it's, it's really not that tough, but but I do think it's worth you know going back through to get the the just to say you got the best ending with getting enough money because it mm-hmm. it's 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 relatively short really once you know what you're doing. Yeah, and the, yeah just, I, go ahead. I was gonna just say I just think it has a really rewarding learn curve. Like I just like especially probably for a kid where it's like you might not be good at any games, but then you learned how to do this. You learned how to do Pogo and DuckTales, and now you just can blast DuckTales. It's a very satisfying game for sure. You, you really feel like you've mastered the game after not really that long of playing it, and you just it, it's just a really nice game. You just get in the flow and just play through it again, and it just works. It just, it just feels right. It's, so a, it's really just like one it. of those games where, you know, once you know what you're doing, you're you're very comfortable just popping it in anytime just to have a little bit of fun with and it does not take all that long so it's it's you know it's yeah it's it's something that you can feel accomplished in but it's really you know not that big of an accomplishment but you feel accomplished yeah exactly it just feels good i definitely can speak to that as uh it took me a while to get through it the first time i just don't have the reflexes for the 8-bit to be graded 8-bit style games much anymore but mm. after finally getting through it um shortly after i got through it the uh analog nt minis came in and i was uh, capturing some footage to uh help help Corian try out with capturing a bunch of stuff for the video that, that they were doing on it and i loaded that that up and just realized in a matter of what felt like just minutes and like after playing through it a bunch of you know, handful of times on mister mm. just blaze through it and i'm like oh oh yeah i can actually yeah it it, it it took me a couple you know hours and days the first time mainly because of one thing i wanted to get into on the next part i wanted to kind of discuss like the level layout the level layouts are great with the one glaring exception and that is transylvania which was uh... bad on bad on the nes and the remake decided to take it to a whole new level of bad the remake oh, version. Oh my god, the remake version was Definitely so annoying. A bit, of a, a bit of a maze. I mean, I didn't I didn't think it was that bad, mostly because it's like, you know, it's supposed to be a maze, so yeah. it, it's not that bad in the NES version. Yeah, the that's why yeah. you have to go there three times. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I went yeah. I, I always would go there first to get that health upgrade. That was super easy. There was a health upgrade there, so I just go through it first to grab that health grade upgrade right at the beginning. That's definitely one weird aspect of the NES version is uh, in a sense, it almost feels unfinished because that the ending where you have to go back to, you know, one of the levels just kind of feels shoehorned in. It almost feels like they didn't have time to make what would have been a true final level. And I do think that's one area that the remake, I think that was a smart choice to make a proper true new 
final, final level. level. Yeah. It was still in the spirit of what happened in the original because you still fight, uh, you know, Dracula duck or whatever he's called. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> it just, yeah. Transylvania felt weird. The rest of the, the rest of them weren't, didn't feel like those kind of, that kind of maze to me. And then, so that's why I just felt Transylvania felt out of place compared to every other level. And then, uh, trying to find the right path out of there. Trying, okay, do I go through this one first and go through here? Oh no, now I'm back in the minecart and I don't want to be there. And the minecarts were so, such an extended sequence. In the oh yeah, remake. the remake had the minecarts. Yeah, and they were so long compared to how short the uh, original was on the minecart. Yeah, it's just like two carts and uh, like two or three screens. That's it. Yeah. I, I do weird. feel like the the pace through uh, through the Transylvania level can also be kind of impacted by the. Uh, the the big mummies that are on oh, like, yeah. the chains because they're just so they take up so much space and you know they're they're a little more complicated to dispatch than most other enemies so that they kind of like just they're just kind of a bit of a a, a time consuming obstacle I feel yeah they so I felt like when I, so I don't know if it's just my mind playing tricks on me but I feel like initially they'd go both directions but then they'd keep going back towards you like after the first few times and then I just walk off the screen come back and it seemed to reset it I don't know if that's actually what was happening but then there was times where I'm waiting like five to six times for the, I'm like come on you like oh, one wow. taking up the whole corridor and I'm just, just like, to be on just to seem to be on pure script, no AI, at least on yeah. the NES version. They just yeah. <laughs> waiting for the pattern got a really annoying. They try to go over there and either pogo on the ball or smack the ball with your cane, like a you know, golf club style. It just, oh, I didn't even know you could pogo on it. Yeah, you can pogo on them. Yeah. Huh. It just takes so long to wait, especially if you're trying not to get hit if you're low on life. It's just, yeah, it's definitely trying, when, especially when you're trying to find that path to get through there right. uh the first time like i remember on the, the, that was the my least favorite thing out of everything of the two games was trying to find the path through the remake version and that i spent so mm -hmm. long trying to get through transylvania yeah i mean the levels in the remake are you know in the spirit of the original and they definitely have like the the level layouts echo the original but they also have like definite expansions which you know i think a lot of people uh, were annoyed that the levels were longer, but I, I thought they were expanded in in ways that made sense for the most part. Uh, for the most part. Yeah, other yeah, than Transylvania, I was okay with most of the expansions. Uh, wasn't as okay with how annoying the cutscenes were, and had to, you could skip them, but multiple button presses, and it was slow to load the menu. At least because I played, uh, I played uh, Wii U for the remake. Uh, I was gonna say the the remaster does have a skip cutscene button in the pause menu. Yeah, but I mean, getting to that, waiting for the pause menu to load, like it felt it felt a little bit cumbersome if you wanted didn't want to deal with the you know, the questionable cutscenes. That, that that tends to be the main complaint against the game in general, against the remake. And you know, I, 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 it's always kind of made me sad that people don't like that, but that aspect of it. Because, well, first of all, when the game, you know, I played it the day it came out. Uh, when the game first launched, uh, I I want to say it was actually even more cumbersome to uh, skip the cutscenes, and that was a big complaint. Something was patched in. I'm not really sure what it was, but I do think even when you tried to skip the cutscenes, um, they uh, uh, 
you know, it required multiple button presses. You know, there will be multiple phases to the cutscenes, yeah. and then you'd have to do another low screen. But I personally really liked it because I felt like, I mean, first of all, it's using like all the old actors from the show. Yeah. The original version of the show that oh, I grew that's awesome. up with. It's got, you know, it's one of the last things that uh, I forget his name, Alan something that voiced uh, Scrooge McDuck uh, for so, so long. It was one of the last, I mean, he was in his 90s when he did this game. Uh, And uh, I just thought it was so awesome to have him do that one last time. Alan Young. As someone who saw the TV show, like on DVDs from the public library, it was pretty cool to hear the actors from the original yeah. show in the the game. Yeah, I mean, it, it was... Really was. It, it, it Especially felt, given the time difference between the two. And not only that, like, honestly, I don't know to what extent Capcom really even envisioned, like what is the context for why we're going to the Amazon and the moon and the, the African mines and, and Himalayas and blah, blah, blah. Like why are, well, I don't know. Like they're, yeah. they're, they're putting them there. They're taking some elements from the show, but then way forward took it. And like, they actually have a script that feels like it, all of these scenarios and all of these levels could have been real episodes of the show and they're voiced by all the actors. And I thought it was really remarkable that they were able to stay true to kind of the, the stupidity of the original NES scenarios and still make them feel like real DuckTales episodes. I personally, as a, as a fan of the show as a kid, I personally really enjoyed that aspect. And it made me sad that, uh, that that seemed to be the main criticism of the game was the cutscenes, and they just it's, you know want to skip yeah. them. And it, it's a great way to contextualize all the levels as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, um, is anyone a fan of the new show? Because I, I'm a fan of the new show, but uh, something that made me like squeal almost like a little kid is they have a part where they're at the moon and they play the Ducktales NES moon theme. Oh, I've heard of that. Wow. Yeah. yeah, and and they they have the moon theme, and it turns into like part of the nursery rhyme or something like that. It's I, I don't want to spoil too much, but the moon theme is in the show. I, I, I need to watch. I need it to is watch good. I, hear people say, I, I, I need to restart watching that. I kind of fell off like at the end of season. I kind of want to, I kind of want to watch more of the old show. Cause I have vague memories of these, just yeah. these DVDs I found at the public library. Oh, I need to rewatch through it. Yeah. I need to rewatch through it. Yeah. I need to watch the but there's DVDs were coming out when I was in college and it was, it was just such a treat to revisit it, you know, as a, you know, as a young adult and, you know, see like, man, like this, this show is still really good. <laughs> you know, it's like, really. It's surprising uh, when you could compare it to some other shows from around that time period. It's like yeah. some of the stuff I've seen there, it's just kind of like stupid stuff and what yeah. stuff that looks like toys that were just made to market toys. Really? I, yeah. I super enjoyed the Disney in the app Disney. I used to call it Disney in the afternoon, Disney, the Disney <laughs> afternoon um, lineup in general. Like, I don't know what it was, but it, there was a lot of stuff I enjoyed on there. I think I was always a sucker for uh, anything where it was a TV line themed TV lineup. Like <laughs> does the Disney afternoon snick, Adult Swim, anything where they had like a theme to the lineup, I would get tsunami. I'd get suckered in. Yeah, I mean, like, like, 
like I said, like at that time, you know, late eighties, early nineties, I was more into the rescue ranger show than DuckTales. I liked oh, both. Yeah. I liked both a lot, but at that time I would say I preferred rescue rangers, but you know, like I said, all those DVDs came out when I was in college and I, you know, revisited them. And I will say, you know, through the eyes of an adult, I think DuckTales holds up better than Rescue Rangers, but both mm. are both are good. By the way, Disney Plus, get us four by three aspect ratio uh, Rescue Rangers and Goof oh, Troop. Oh. Because, yeah, they, they, they're they like zoomed oh. in. They oh. did that for Just like Simpsons were. Oh, yeah. At least they corrected it with the uh, Simpsons, but they, but they have hit the button in the extra section. <laughs> like a bunch of the other ones, like Ducktales mm. and Gummy Bears and whatnot, are in the right order aspect ratio. But some of them are just like messed up. <laughs> well, that sounds like I need to just uh, watch those on DVDs on PVMs, and that'd be. The- <laughs> <laughs> It's those it's those two maybe like bonkers or something. I don't know. One of them I heard. I saw a list long ago, but they corrected Simpsons. So then now they got Simpsons corrected as an option. So they probably have the technology to be able to deploy four by three versions of the other shows as well. I have. Uh, a, it, <laughs> it depends on if the four by three, if they have access to the four by three footage anymore, though. If they were, yeah, DVDs, I would imagine they though, don't. But yeah, if there's yeah. DVDs, they would at least have that 480i source that went onto the DVD initially. So what I've heard is their versions they put on there are like DVD versions of those shows, and those are not like the most popular things. So they're probably not going to put the effort like they did uh, for The Simpsons. <laughs> Simpsons had a lot of backlash because I, yeah. I assume that's just a bigger show. It's one of the largest shows yeah. of all time. Yeah, so they they got more backlash for it. They're not going to care about the aspect ratio of Goof Troop. Yeah, because there aren't <laughs> there aren't near as many adults watching that. It's if anybody's watching, it's probably mostly kids who don't know or care. Honestly, like with Disney Plus, the thing that got me most excited was finding all those weird, obscure Disney movies, shows, and stuff. I'm like, oh crap, there's uh Tall Tales and stuff, and, like the ones I saw when I was a kid. And yet they still don't have one of the shows that I want to see from when I was a kid, which is American Dragon Jake Long on there. At least last oh, I checked. Man. I want to watch that show again. It's been so long. But all right, back to Ducktail. Back, back to Ducktail. Yeah. I was just thinking if anybody uh, else had anything else they wanted to go through with uh, Ducktails, or if we wanted to uh, the music for a second game. Oh, I want music's good. Me- music's good. I wanted to mention there's definitely a lot of Mega Man DV- DNA in there. Very much. Oh yeah. I, I, yeah. I forgot about that. I kept thinking the whole time I'm playing like it feels like Mega like, Man. <laughs> like the boss encounters specifically, like especially the yeti boss that yeti boss really made me go feel like a mega man boss yeah he just made me think of a of a is it airman i think i don't know i can't remember but like he just made me think of a mega man boss and i can't remember which one and i was like well yeah this this is i think it's arrow man Man, maybe yeah or the leaf was it the leaf one maybe woodman maybe woodman woodman um yeah, like, but yeah, there was definitely a lot of Mega Man-y elements in there, too. I mean, even the level select thing, which I think works, of course, to its benefit, because it's like, I don't really want to do this level right now. Let's yeah. jump somewhere else. Yeah, well, yeah. That's always good for, like, if you need to go back and you're like, oh, I want to get the best ending, but uh, the, this level, I really need more practice on this level. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that helps. Like, the fact you can practice on a specific level compared to most yeah. NES games. I 
ahead like, of his time. Well, you yeah, know, Capcom were always kind of ahead of their time in that era. Yeah, um, definitely. I, I also really want to say I love the music on the final level uh, on the remaster version. That mm. that is that is that, very good music. And there's even like an eight bit music. You know, I. I this I didn't have uh, Ducktales two yet. I, I got the the Famicom version of Ducktales two. Like even that's expensive now. I got it for like thirty some dollars at uh, Magfest. I think. Don't uh, want to sell an arm and leg for the NES version. <laughs> uh, you know, I remember seeing Ducktales two in the in the Funko land, like price papers, and you know, of course, it was not that much. But I never saw it come in, and I was always like. Does that even exist? I don't think that exists. And then when I played it, then I was like, "Oh crap! Was this, did I? Was this the one I borrowed from my friend back in the day? I thought it was just Ducktales one, but I don't know. I it's all jumbled up in my mind. But yeah, the um, uh, at the time, I think a lot of people hadn't played Ducktales two, and there was a lot of people saying like, "Oh, like it's pulling elements from Ducktales and Ducktales two because it has like that new opening level. It uh, it Scrooge's money bin, and then it's got the new uh, level in Mount Vesuvius. And I I think a lot of people were, were think us uh, just assuming, oh, those must be from Ducktales two, but they're not. They are original to the remake. And I, I thought that was a really brilliant twist to kind of bring like, uh, you know, magic and dispel and her, her layer at Mount Vesuvius reviving, you know, count Dracula. Death. Music is just so, so, so good in that level. Uh, but I do think another thing that contributed to people thinking that, Oh, it must be from the original from DuckTales too, is because there are eight bit versions of that money bin level and the Mount Vesuvius. Uh-huh. Level, uh, mm-hmm. Which, you know, sound like they could be, you know, legit, legitimately part of, uh, you know, the, the NES games, but they're not. Yeah. But they're, I, I mean, really if they were to take two levels from DuckTales 2, they might, they would have just gone ahead and done all of them. Yeah. Um, I was listening to the soundtrack earlier today just so I could have something to talk about for this section because I didn't have much time to play DuckTales Remastered, but the music was great and. I wasn't sure which tracks were just taken from the NES version in the 8-bit section of the soundtrack and um, which were just in the remaster. Well, normally. I mean, the, the level select, I mean, obviously the title screen music, the level select music, and then the five main levels and the boss theme. And that's pretty much it. Like, there's, uh, you know, all of the music that plays, like, during the cutscenes, like, that's, like, pretty much just music that is, like, uh, from the show. I, I think it's like was actually like with the music that it was like basically one of those best video game music or best NES music articles from like the late two thousands or something on IGN or something where which brought this game back to my memory. Like I kind of forgot about it existing during that period, and then it's like saw some kind of best music game game music thing or something and then it's only like oh yeah that sounds that's a really amazing song <laughs> like with moon theme or whatever like that probably i think the music would play, played a big role in this also being restored in a lot of collective memory too oh yeah ducktales you know, have some classic music i think my favorite uh theme in the game and that probably plays as to why this is my favorite favorite level and i think it's pretty con- uh, controversial for a level but it's the uh, himalayan level 
the one with the snow and everything that where we can pogo on the snow because you, you just like get into it i just oh, really yeah, love that yeah, level. Yeah. i love that animation that he that yeah that level, like stuck in the snow yeah funny. that level in yeah, that music exactly. that song it has such a playfulness to it i don't know why this song i always get it just makes me smile i, I got, just love that I, level for some reason despite all the issues of it the amazon one got very catchy after a while oh yeah that too yeah you're right one that, one that i i never yeah. really of that much until uh the remaster is the the music for the the mines uh yeah, that's pretty the, groovy. Remaster, the remaster version kind of makes it a lot funkier and groovier and it kind of made me appreciate the original composition uh much more it's just i never thought about that theme that much but now like i'm like actually that's one of the best tracks in the game i think that's one of the weak points of transylvania is you get is like the music is i mean they're trying to make yeah, horror movie music, but it's not like the fun hum along tunes that everything else uh, is. Yeah, probably, a little, the <laughs> weakest, probably the weakest track. Yeah, yeah, probably it's most likely. Bad, but, you know, it's think, themed. Uh, you know, th- this is uh, this is kind of popped in my head, and you know, this this is kind of a tangent, but maybe also a good way to wrap up uh, talking about the the Ducktales remake. Um, uh, years and years and years ago, I mean, because you know, hey, the, the remake is kind of old at this point, uh, it's as, it's as old as Emily is, um, true, because <laughs> it was the first video. Yeah. On the I get uh, it, the channel's old, <laughs> I can't, I can't, uh, but uh, I want to say it was Austin Ivansmith who is one of the directors, uh, one of the game directors at Way Forward, uh. And uh, I be- he might have been the director of DuckTales Remastered. I'm not positive, but he might have been. Uh, and he, I was, uh, I was looking at his Twitter one day, you know, not that long after DuckTales Remastered released. And he retweeted a tweet from Tad Stones, who uh, was one of the creators and producers of Rescue Rangers. And he just said, been a long time since I worked on a Rescue Rangers script. and the fact that the director of DuckTales Remastered retweeted the creator of Rescue Rangers saying that would just maybe go, oh, man, it's happening. Rescue Rangers Remastered. It's Rescue happening. It's happening. And it, it didn't happen. And, and, and he is still holding out hope for this day. to this day. He is still holding out hope for it. <laughs> it did not happen. So it, it makes me sad. I feel like it's not ever going to happen, but I wish it would. I wish it would. You never know. Well, you never, you never know. I could say one thing that, despite all criticism of Ducktales Remastered, there's one thing that always will have going for it. It has a fully interactive money bin. Mm. You could dive into the damn money bin, and that's all that it needed. What about your, your gold swimming dreams? <laughs> yep. <laughs> Any day. <laughs> Just load up your game and jump into a money bin when you feel like jumping into a money bin. There you go. Simula- <laughs> money bin simulator. Also, real, real quick, I got the DuckTales theme stuck in my head now because the OST has like an arranged version of the theme to the show with the lyrics. So now it's, it's stuck in my head. Yep. <laughs> All right. So uh, I think uh kind of wraps it up pretty well. Overall, uh, both versions are definitely loved. Even, you know, Remaster has its flaws as well but uh even though it's still a great 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 version of a great game and uh well, hopefully they continue to bring these forward 
and of course Steam. As long as it's on Steam, it will continue forward for however long. Steam's a platform which hopefully, which at this point seems like it's well cemented and doesn't. As long as it doesn't get delisted. Yeah, yeah. it got delisted yeah. once as already. Stuff, as long as they don't lose the rights for price yeah. like price it, doubled for a while there for remastered on Wii U physical copies yeah. when it got delisted. Uh, uh, yeah. So uh, I, w- I wish I had one more physical copy of it just to be safe, but I I, I think I've only got it on Wii U. Was it was Speak- there were there physical? Oh, it was on 360 physical as well. Was there a PS3 yeah, physical? Yeah, I think so, but I'm yeah, pretty I, sure I, I had it on Wii U, but I saw all three of them. I oh, am okay. so. I'm so hoping for a Scott Pilgrim physical re- physical well, release. We all are. That. Yeah. We're not nobody everybody's gun shy because of what happened last time. I actually yeah. had I, I was originally going to emulate the PS3 version of Scott Pilgrim just because I wanted to play the game and I didn't have a <laughs> PS3. Yeah. Still now you don't have to or soon enough you don't have to. Yeah. Yep. Well, Although you play is required so that's a meh, uh, meh. So. Yeah, I mean I I mean obviously like if you Buy it on like Steam. You're probably good for like ever. And the other yeah, side, no, any... unless if Windows, unless if Microsoft like decides to make Windows completely incompatible with previous versions of any Windows software. Yeah, I doubt I mean... it at this point. Microsoft has built a foundation on backwards compatibility. I feel. Yeah, yeah. that's. Yeah. Oh, and there will always be versions of it, even on PC. Even if Steam goes away, it will always be archived in certain ways with yeah. gray, gray legality. And even if we do switch to an all ARM future, there, excuse me, there will still be there will still be x86 systems around for most of any of our lifetimes. So yeah, uh, yeah. It, even if we all switch to ARM tomorrow, that x86 won't go anywhere for another in many many decades. Yeah. <laughs> trying to drown myself here with some water so um <laughs> we're gonna try to we'll move on so we have have some time for um december game which was another pair of games uh which was chris uh, nights and christmas nights to go with our christmas theme voting um i think now i was, can talk <laughs> that was kind of the uh unanimous that was a pretty heavily heavy favorite over the others for christmas Christmas theme, um, uh, that was 1996, I believe, around the same, right before I believe Mario 64's launch, if I'm not mistaken. I, I, yeah, was within like um, it was yeah. within two weeks. Yeah, Jul- or at least when, I, when the notes here, I say, oh, because it was Japan. It was July of 96. And yeah, I want to. I want to say August I, I was 20th looking this here. Yeah, I was. I was because I remember looking it up. Uh, when uh when we were working on uh the first party controllers episode and i was like oh okay so n64 beat the sega 3d <laughs> controller in japan but not in the u.s uh knights was nine days before mario 64 here yeah nine so days. It really it really contextualizes this game yes mm-hmm. we're, it, we're, it, it does yeah <laughs> two, it's two two games using an analog stick in different ways really yeah, yeah. like it's almost like two visions of how to do 3D yeah. play. And, and the thing for them to happen at such similar times to the point that they were released. Let's see, Japan was June 23rd for Mario 64 and July 5th for uh, Knights. So we're even, even in Japan, where Mario did beat Knights out in Japan, where Knights beat Mario out here. Uh, it, we're talking within days in both cases, but so, of course they are—they are not at all comparable games. Oh no, but they were no. 
featuring a comparable control method, I guess. Although I have to confess, I've never used a uh, Saturn 3D controller. The the version of, I, I believe the version of Knights that came packaged with the 3D controller came in like a, a standard size jewel case, uh, if yeah. I'm not mistaken. And I've got yeah. the long box version of yeah. Knights. It, it came yeah. in a, if I'm not mistaken, the US one I thought came in a, a, it was a standard size instead of the long box, but it was a sleeve. I thought, and not an actual... I thought that was Christmas. I I mean, I'm not sure because that's not what I have. I thought that was the pack-in version of Christmas Nights that got the sleeve instead of the jewel case. That may be what I'm thinking. I know the U.S. version of Christmas Nights did not get a case. It got a sleeve. The Japanese Christmas Nights got a case. And the Japanese art is so much better. I've owned a 3D controller. I've never owned a Saturn, but I've owned a 3D (laughs) controller. Because I... (laughs) Because I bought a bundle of like Saturn controllers once. I get that before like uh, Retrobit was making new USBs. There was those cheap Chinese knockoff controllers, but they were notorious for the because they were cheap plastic. They would break. And I have still have these two Saturn controllers with the USB. I switched the guts out with the mm. knockoff Chinese ones with two real controllers, and I bought like a bundle for like twenty <laughs> bucks that included a bunch of controllers, um, nice. Sega Saturn controllers off off of like uh ebay and i included it was a 3d controller so i've held one i've never played one so but yeah. honestly I, th- I think the game plays well enough with a standard saturn controller i mean i, I you know from I, I i you know i again i will admit i did not play it during the month that it was the game club game but uh i, I played it uh, i don't know it was probably like two or three years ago that i played through it and uh I don't recall necessarily thinking like, oh, I could see like I really wish this had 3D controls. I thought it was fine with just the same. It, it is fine, it but it does elevate the experience a little bit because you have to mm. do like circles, and it just it just flows yeah. a lot better with mm. the 3 3D controller. Yeah. And the stick mm. is really nice, as big as it is, and uh, even though it doesn't have a rubber tip, which which is a bummer, it's a really nice stick. It's really it's surprisingly mm. modern. It, it doesn't look comfortable. Yeah, it doesn't look like it would be all that functional. Like, I've it's always looked at it, and I'm like, yeah. hmm, it, I don't know. It's but surprisingly I'm not, comfortable. Yeah, it looks I mean, like I'll, a weird spaceship. You, know, you know what's funny with that controller is, like, it's, like, that's, like, the controller that was the baseline for the Dreamcast, and the Dreamcast was kind of a baseline for the Xbox, because you can see the Xbox's oh, DNA of the Dreamcast. So, yeah. you can, so basically, the this that controller is like the DNA that's led even to the modern Xbox controller. That, that is true. You know, I, I I can't believe I never noticed this uh, until a friend like noticed it, and we were both like, "Whoa!" Uh, you know, the 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 A B C, and then above it X Y Z. You cut off the Z and the C, and oh, there's an Xbox controller. Or because replace that's the, exactly or what that's what Sega did for the Dreamcast. Or replace the last yeah. two buttons with the black and white buttons on the yeah. Duke. Yeah, and so it's just like, oh my gosh, I didn't know that I had Sega to blame for uh, for Xbox having reversed Reverse. Nintendo buttons. Yeah, that's that annoying. The I'm thing not, is, though, when you've got that full array of ABC and XYZ, my brain totally uh, accepts that. But I still, to this day, you know, you know, honestly, Xbox tells you to hit the Y button. It's like, oh, whoops, wrong one. I'm, honestly, I'm so though, glad I'm I prefer feeling. having, I prefer having the confirm button be the same button as the jump button in a like a platformer. To be honest, since that's the button I typically like to rest my thumb on anyway. Yeah, so using I mean, that as a mini confirm makes sense to me. 
has like I mean, this I, modern I, gear. I, I have gotten used to the Sony style, you know, when when I am on a Sony or yeah. Xbox system, you know, but my brain just automatically goes back to oh, confirm for holding a Nintendo Jumping That's between what, Dreamcast and other stuff makes it so confusing in my head. <laughs> quick tangent, uh, Thumper on the PS4, its action button is the X button. On the Switch version of Thumper, it's the A button. So that ah. was confusing to me when mm. I was playing Switch, going between the two. Yeah. So basically, yes, the the controller that shipped with Knights, <laughs> we have to blame for... for Control confusion even today. Blame? <laughs> okay, I blame. Awesome. Yeah. Why did Sega not keep six face buttons on the Dreamcast? That would have made that, the, that would have been a there, There's third party controllers that yes. have the six face I, buttons. I've owned one of those, and in fact, I modded one into a joystick, like an arcade stick with like soldering to it. I mean, like, I think it, I think it would have been fine if they just had four shoulder buttons. And I, I mean, obviously there was precedent yeah. for that among their yeah. competitors. So I don't know. I, I don't know why there was a I lot of strange. Know why they made such a limited controller in terms of its functionality for Dreamcast. Yeah. It's the future controller. controller. Even a second analog stick, like the the canceled Dreamcast port of Half Life, required you to use the face buttons to move, which I would not have enjoyed that. Yeah, they, they hmm. definitely had way too few buttons. But I, I I understand the second joystick not being included only because up to that point, yeah, second that joystick, yeah. like Ape Escape, is one of the few games on the PlayStation that yeah, actually like. like no one, like hardly anyone had had figured out yet. Like, oh wait, that makes a great camera button. Yeah, like, it, most it, games it still use like the shoulder that. buttons yeah. to rotate the camera. So, yeah, like I think it was like it was seriously like I think like especially with first person shooters, Halo was one of the big ones to like kick off, like make click make like, it click in everyone's head. Hey, <laughs> yeah, stand as the control scammer. The hell's Halo still feel modern today, but we're not talking about that right now. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> did uh, did anybody actually play? Um, besides me, uh, I kind kind of did, but play Knights anywhere back in the '90s or anything close to uh, original time frame? No. Uh, my very, introduction very was the, no. So my introduction. Oh, sorry. Oh no, I, I will have something to say, but say what you need to say. <laughs> My introduction to Knights was actually first finding a playthrough of Journey of Dreams on YouTube, and then eventually getting a copy of that from a GameStop. And then I saw a Let's Play of the HD port of the first game, and then I saw it on Steam many years later and bought it. Knights for me was one of those almost like a white whale thing. <laughs> I was because you know, nineteen ninety six. I was nine, turning ten. I had, you know, I got, I got a Nintendo 64 right after launch. I'd saved up, done a bunch of stuff, sold a bunch of stuff. The thing, I had saved up some money and picked up a 64. But shortly after that, I, I had learned about Knights. And I was, like, looking from afar. And I could tell you this bright, colorful, fast-moving thing just was, like, tantalizing. And you could just imagine, like, I, I, I need this. And it took me, I, I didn't know anybody with a Saturn. I, I lived in a small town in the middle of nowhere. Like, nobody had that. Like, the few people that had anything around me were Nintendo 64s, which is what I had as yeah. well. And because, you know, at those time and that age, you typically have one console at a time most of the time. Um, the Then I eventually had bought a PlayStation years later and I finally had a chance to try th 
thought I had a chance to get knights, and this is just something where I still feel like an idiot. There were a handful of like trading sites back then. This is uh, you know long before Reddit, where you can have people when there's a little, you can have some kind of some semblance of holding some people um, responsible and arranged. Yeah, <laughs> yes, accountable. There we go, and arranged a trade to try to get a Saturn to finally play knights, and I got. I got burned on the trade when I sent through a PlayStation and never received mm. my Saturn. Oh. Yeah. And I still, Yikes. somewhere along the lines years later, I remember this, I, I don't even remember when this was, but this was well before college. I came across a dream, a Dreamcast, a Saturn, picked it up and played through nights and was just mesmerized. But then other than that, my, the Saturn sat other than I do remember borrowing a copy of Christmas nights and also played that from somebody and as well as a game I don't even want to think about because it was um, Street Fighter the movie the game and <laughs> other than, and then after that that Saturn went away and I picked up another one much later which I then sold last year giving up on Saturn and then bought another one just recent just last month and have a bought a Japanese one finally because I just don't like how the US one looks. I don't think the black looks good on it like it does on yeah, the Genesis. I agree. I agree. So I bought a Japanese uh, one to have a white unit and now uh, patiently awaiting my uh, just bought a uh, white a 3D controller to try to play Knights properly because I did play it on a D-pad. Uh, I've been trying. It took me a while. I was waiting to find a a non-Japanese seller with a 3D controller because they take uh, so yeah. long and shipping costs are so high. I found uh. one and basically stole an auction last week, and now hopefully it's going to be delivered <laughs> tomorrow or Tuesday. Finally, play Knights mm -hmm. again on a 3D controller, which I did a little while. I did I did play back around 2008 when I picked up picked up that Saturn. So I've owned and sold multiple Saturns, but uh, always just because I always wanted to go back and play this again. Like, <clears> this game is... just The, the, the colors were always tantalizing. The, the, the motion, um, everything. It, yeah. It's a... Um, it, oh, oh sorry. Go on, go on. I was going to say, on, on the note, just playing, like, the way I played it was I emulated the Saturn version through RetroArch with the Yaba Sanshiro. And I and I respect the Saturn visuals a lot more from when I first tried the Saturn like graphics in the HD version, which looked duller in terms of its color palette, and they also added texture filtering on everything, which ruins like the pixeling mm. look of everything. And emulating the Saturn version in HD still looks better than that version. And the nice part is because of the because of the 3D dithering and how it works, it's the dithering is really small at 1080p, so it's like hmm. true transparency now. Huh. I mean, I, I have to say that it, 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 it's someone who, you know, has only been into Sega consoles for relatively mm -hmm. recent years, you know, as a relative Sega outsider, it, it, it is strange learning what this game really is uh, because you just, I, I think it's in part because, the Saturn doesn't have a true Sonic game. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. And I feel like yeah. this kind of took that place <clears throat> in terms of what has become the iconic Sega Saturn games. And I honestly didn't know that much about the system until I got one. I didn't even know that like collecting for it was expensive. <laughs> like I just had never really <laughs> researched that much into the system, but I was aware of nights, you know, this is, the big Sonic team game for the Saturn. And then when you actually learn what it is, it's like, Oh, 
that's kind it's so of different. Strange. Yeah. Like you wouldn't, yeah. you wouldn't expect once you hear what it like you imagine, oh, night Sonic team game, one of the most iconic games on the Saturn must be some grand platforming or flying uh 3D adventure of some kind. And then it's like, oh, it's it's actually kind of more like a racing game, but not. Yeah. And if there's only there's not that many levels, and it's it you're kind of taken aback. And I remember you know, in terms of Saturn games, it's not that expensive, or at least it wasn't when I got it. Uh, so it's like, okay, well, you know, it's affordable. It's an iconic Saturn game. I, I need to own a few games for this system. I, I'll give this game a fair shot. And I kind of went into it expecting to not really like it. But once you get, if you like actually sit down and like commit to it, uh, it slowly starts to click and you're like, Oh, I'm, I'm actually having fun with this. <laughs> yeah. I definitely yeah. see the yeah, racing so... inspiration you mentioned. It feels like, uh, yeah, a racing game. If you were Peter Pan. Yeah. Um, so my, I was going to just say my, ex- my experience with it, like was similar to H Clark's where it's, um, where, um, it was an enigma of a game. Like, I knew what it was. I got an N64 after my parents would not get me any game systems throughout the entire 16-bit era. So, and I got the N64 for Christmas at the tail end of Saturn's life. But I saw the commercials for it, which Saturn commercials are bizarre. Um, (laughs) So you'd have all these bizarre commercials. Like, it didn't feel like it was a real thing. Mm. Like it felt almost like you're watching a fever dream when you watch commercials for it. Like, like my mind had tr- trouble processing what the, this is even actually a game. Totally so, different from Genesis marketing for sure. Yeah. It was like, is this like, is like, is this a real thing? I didn't know anyone with a Saturn and it's just like, no, or anyone who could even describe what this thing is. Yeah, uh, <laughs> as someone who's uh, who's younger than most on this channel, it's weird because I have this this same view on Knights, where it's just a weird character that like eluded me for years. Because the only exposure I've I've had to the character or just knowing its existence was seeing like uh, references to it in uh, Easter eggs in uh, Sonic Adventure One and Two. Mm. Like, it's really weird. Yeah. This character was just yeah. an, an enigma for me for so many years, and then Sonic I just Ad- realized it was a thing, and I was like, wow, I, it seems yes. really cool. Now that you bring up Sonic Adventure, the yeah. casino level in Sonic yes. Adventure, that's what reminded table. me of it. And that song, the message of Night Nightopia, is one of like the most like catchy so- tunes. I don't know what it, like mm-hmm. the da 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 that the Night Sun Utopia game. And like it still didn't tell me what this game was. It just made it more of an enigma playing at Sonic yeah. Adventure. It's basically, it's a remix of, uh, it's a more catchy remix of Dreams, Dreams, the, the game's theme. Mm. Oh, interesting. Which, yeah, Dreams, Dreams is probably one of my favorite, like, themes for any video game ever. Yeah, it's, the game, is that, is that the final level theme? That's the, that, it, it's a, re, it's remixed, and it's also the credits theme. I mean, is is the the final level theme in in Knights itself. The final level theme in Knights, I, I believe, is a uh, reprise yeah. of the, the main theme of the game. Yes. Oh, yeah, I love the final level theme. Final level is so good. The, the credits theme with the adult singing version, not like the kids singing version, yeah, is yeah. one of the <laughs> best lyric theme I've, themes I've ever heard. So I just had a sudden realization because we were talking before we started about uh, Sayonara Wild Hearts. 
uh, yeah. touchy feeling yeah. games. I and I'm yeah. like, this is kind of a touchy feely game before yeah. like that was a yeah. genre. I, like, I agree. I can see that. Yeah. I just yeah, played like that game a couple of days ago, and it's oh, that game is great. Like, like the final level, especially where you have to jump off the cliff as a kid and like uh-huh. suddenly yeah. you're flying, like this oh, sudden yeah. uplifting feeling you get in everything. Because I've been desensitized to that moment now, every time I do, I get to that part in the game, I always just say, I can't take life anymore. Jump. <laughs> because yeah. I'm just not joking. But the first time you do it, it, you're kind of standing there and you're like, do I just yeah. jump off the edge? I guess yeah. I jump off the edge and you take a leap of faith and suddenly you're flying. You're like, whoa. It literally to, is a leap of faith. To, to your it point. was a very nice, very nice level. I got to your, say, it really is. Uh, it is. Whoop. To your point, I had not reached the final level until about an hour before we started recording. And I had to tell you how to get to it. Uh, well, well, no, it's, I knew what to do to get easier. there. I knew what to do to get there. I just hadn't done it previously. I finally finished. Yeah. I I started it, and I, honestly, I didn't finish the last level first. I keep running I, out of time. It's difficult to run do it before it all runs out. But then that first, when I got to the final level, and it is and on the remake. I played through most of the game on Saturn. On this one, I'm, I was playing through on the remake just to kind of see some of you know, see the visual differences. Obviously, major and 4K versus you know 240p. But um, it that that level is beautiful and when you're like what do i do wait i have to jump holy crap and you have to like make two different jumps before you and then you start flying and it is absolutely breathtaking when you when you just realize what you're doing and it's so much different it, it feels even though it's the same gameplay it feels so much different to do it as the kids instead of as knights and it uh it, it's it's freaking gorgeous and oh, yeah. surprising mm-hmm. and i love i'm loving the last level even though i haven't completed it so i do have it's, to go it's, back you you i if i recall there's very little room for uh error and uh, yeah, there's a part level. there's a part where they trip yeah. you up by like having a bunch of balloons that take you yeah. up to the top that if but you want to go to the, the bottom yeah if you you're wanna... good no, if you're good with the drill dash you can go through all those balloons get a yeah. bunch of blue chips but most of the time you're just gonna keep grabbing balloons while trying to get back down, and it's yeah. and you're just gonna get stuck. And then yeah, y'all, um, y'all, y'all are talking about a remake. I, I I have to confess, I don't think I'm familiar. What 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 I'm system? Not it's, so, it, it, it's a Japan. It's a port of the Japanese only PS2 game that was released for PS3, 360, and Steam. Uh, yeah, okay. it's a, this is actually why we kind of picked it because of issues of Saturn emulation. Availability. Uh, I kind of recommended this one and availability. I was like, this is a Saturn game that everyone should be able to play. Plus it popped up for free for Sega's 60th anniversary. Yeah. So I'm like, yeah. hey, oh, so okay, I'm thinking and uh, the remake includes Christmas nights inside of it as well. Yeah. I played it through, I've been playing through mode, alternating between remake and uh and before I get too far into remake, one thing I want to say is this game I did briefly play it uh, when testing something through my Saturn on my OLED, which is where I played or until recently played everything, um, or I just at the same time as getting my Saturn lucked into my first PVM. And so I picked up a 20L5. And I will say, as much as I love this game, it is this is one of the games that will stand out and tell you that I, I, I'm a big fan of you don't need a CRT. I know it's the big thing. But this game, Saturn 3D stuff, and this game in particular, is a world of difference between OSSC going to a OLED versus going to um, a quality PVM. It's this game; the the, the detail is absolutely insane versus what you yeah. get on a digital display. Uh, you, you know, I, I, I want to say, I want to say it's the the, the oh. second or third shot in. Uh, 
Analog Frontiers Part One is is nights off of a CRT because it really does look good. Yeah. Although, can I say one thing for people who do run it through an OSSC into a modern like OLED or widescreen TV? The game does got your back with that because it does have a native widescreen mode in there. True. It's anamorphic, right. yeah. and like that's what I was using on when I was emulating it with Yabasan Shiro, just so I could use the 4K monitor with like just in widescreen, and I it's nice. Don't think I knew that. Yeah. It's a, it's one of the it's in the options menu and it's like TV display setting and it's wide. Hmm. Yeah. And I used to play it on the TV. Going off with going continuing from like the Yabasan Shiro thing is like one problem I had when emulating it, which is how I played it, because I wanted to experience the sad version, was that uh, the emulator core I was using didn't like playing the FMVs. I had to skip oh, past right. them, and I which means that. after I beat the final boss, it just hangs on a screen. And I pretty much had to reset the. I had to reset at RetroArch because personally, it didn't like the FMVs. Personally, I don't think you're missing much. Much as I love the game, the FMVs, yeah. you aren't missing anything. I, I mean, I've, I've seen them it's already on the HD version, so I've seen them already anyway. Yeah, I mean, it, the, the game certainly has a strange structure to it that I. I mean, I I don't know if it seemed intuitively clear to any of you at first when you first played it, but I, I first remember like, okay, you know, I'm going through you know this level and then you know i i you know i didn't understand like the uh what are they called like bases or something that you have to like destroy like the things the that, you have to every, uh, that you have to destroy on every route and then you go yeah. to like other routes and it, just, it took a while for everything to click but it's to me it's very much a game of you know honestly memorization mm-hmm. uh learning the best route through each part of the level and just optimizing it until you uh have played it well enough to unlock uh the final level it's a very arcade sega arcadey game when you actually get under all the uh the um visual flair it's a very sega arcadey g- game under the hood yeah, yeah. i mean I, I guess you could say this like score was- attack Sega yeah. was kind of doing a lot of games like that in the Saturn era yeah. uh, where they were still very much arcade games at their heart, but they also had sort of a bit more, um, uh, I guess, heart and flair and sort of atmosphere and storytelling layered on top of them, like Panzer Dragoon and stuff yeah. like that. Even where the it, it, did that too with games like Jet Set Radio. Yeah, I mean games yeah. that games that uh, you you wouldn't expect to see a game like that in an arcade necessarily, but when you really analyze it, it's like well, it still is basically an arcade game, but it's got a lot more atmosphere. Or I'm not really sure what words I'm searching for, but yeah, uh, you know, there's a, there's a term I heard which was called the Sega learning curve. Where it's basically just more like an arcade feel. And I heard someone describe this concept in reference to Sonic Unleashed of all games, but it made sense because it's one of those games where it's easy to pick up and play, but it's hard to master. Yes. As an example. Yeah. That's a very That's Sega sort of- well. It's very true for retro games in general, but Sega games in particular, uh, you really have to take the time to actually uh, learn them throughout and uh Thoroughly, I mean, and really master them. Yeah, well, I, I would say Knights fits that description exactly. Oh, yeah, and it's, Even it's games like Sonic Unleashed from 2008 have that sort of feel where it's like it's you can pick up and play, get the concept of the boost, but you still have to master it to blast through the levels at top speed all the time. And, there's a, 
I got to say something with Knights that's almost sad is that this game is like actually like such a very polished 3D game that was unfortunate. One, it was on the Saturn, but two, it was, uh, which was not very obviously not popular, but two, it came out around the same time as Mario 64. Yeah. Like the most revolutionary 3D Uh, game of all time. uh, Like, and I could just imagine internally, like they thought they probably were onto something really good and everything. We're like, and And it's like Microsoft with the Zune. Huge, huge slice of pie. But, but at the same time, you know, I think flying in a video game has always been sort of this thing that people have sought uh, to uh, create. And oftentimes it's it's hard to really nail it. And I feel like Knights is one of those games that people have always said handles the feeling of flying correctly. Except, of course, with the caveat of it, it is still basically a 2D game. Well, I mean, yeah. I mean, health, all the advertising for Mario 64 emphasize flying too. Every single thing of showing Mario 64 is in with the wing cap. Yeah. And then, of course, it it also launched (laughs) Pilot Wing 64, which today I still think is like maybe the best feeling flying in a video game. Yeah. I I was going to say that the the wing cap is more of a glider than it, than actual. Yeah. But that's what they advertised hard on with Mario 64 is like, holy crap, look at the world flying around. Of course, it was a uh, a limited power. Power. yeah it, it, it was all it's always uh even to this day i think somewhat special when a yeah. game gives you the ability to always fly there are no yeah. limitations to how long you can fly i guess in nights there technically is because you like yeah can you, yeah, right. you like become the kid again uh but uh and you like have to walk around and yeah. do whatever it is to get knights to come back but uh, but it is for for the most part a game of of unlimited fly. Honest, yeah. Honestly, I'd love to see a, a flying game with a similar level of freedom to Breath of the Wild. Mm. Oh gosh! Oh, wow. wow! Now that now, like <laughs> that would be order, that would be a, a game. Oh, no. uh, you know what that game should be called? It should be called Skies of Arcadia Two. I meant to try Legends on the, the GameCube. Like, I emulated it through Dolphin and it froze after the first boss. It yeah. sounds like, like what you want like Space Flight Sims. Possibly. I guess, yeah, but I'd like to actually have an action, a sandbox world. Like, I, 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 like, I, I like, I mean, I think, you know, flying in a, a spaceship or flying in a. Uh, airplane or any other flying machine. I mean that that's one thing, but I think the big fantasy is just being a human flying. Flying around. yourself. There, yeah. There is yeah. You know, so yeah. hey guys, we of- we always have uh, Superman sixty four for that. <laughs> you know oh what? I, if, uh, if you actually play Superman sixty four, the flying levels uh, feel like the best thing in the world after you've played one of the on foot levels. Most people, all they know about Superman sixty four is, oh, you just fly around through rings and it's horrible. Uh, yes, it's horrible. But wait until you get to level two and you're inside a building and you have to do all of this stuff inside a building. Who's when you get to level three, like when you get to level three and you're you're flying again. And you're like, oh man, this is great. It's not great, but it seems like it at the time. I bought a cartridge of that at a game store like a couple of years ago because they had pretty much just a bunch of retro game gag gifts out. But I decided to buy myself Superman 64 because all 
the only other N64 carts they had were sports games, and I wanted well, something. You know, it's it's an iconic thing to have. It very mm-hmm. much is. I paid like 15 bucks for it, so <laughs> I guess that was worth it. I don't know. It, it, it's actually gone up in price over the Oh, years. man. Now that really? guy. Now I got to pick up a Super Mario. Uh, Superman 64. No, I mean, it's, 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 it is it is so iconic as uh, is, is just one of the worst games ever made. It's I mean, the E.T. I, of the 64. Also, oh, oh, absolutely, absolutely. The store I went to has some pretty good prices, though. Like, I picked up a boxed copy of Perfect Dark for $30 there. Wow. And that game is so cheap, even good. boxed. It's so uh, great. There was a sealed it's one so around nice me cheap recently. Like, sealed ones are like $60 or less. It's insane. Really? Yeah. That game... <laughs> Because it was such a common game, it was very late production, and there was lots of copies, and the 64 is pretty much dead. And there were a lot of sealed copies of that game keep popping up. People keep finding it. I'm guessing that's just something that hit the bargain bin quickly once the GameCube and the next generation hit. Because 64 was pretty much dead when it came out. I wouldn't think that that's what would happen to the price in that that case. Yeah. but there were, too, I mean, there were too I'm many copies of it. It's a problem. I think they yeah. were banking too much on the, everybody loved 007, so let's make 2 million copies of this game. And then wait, there's like nobody still playing 64. And it had yeah, to have the expansion pack to get most of the content. Also, yeah. Yeah. Honestly, yeah. Though, I think it was a great way to end the N64, though. Yeah, N64 is the one system where I'd contemplate actually getting a complete collection since I own most of the big name games already so like most of it's bargain bin prices but mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. besides like a the handful of really expensive ones but um but like yeah i would, would not realize superman 64 would actually be jumping up in price well i mean <laughs> not like tremendously but i mean no. it used to be five dollars yeah. yeah no it used to be dollars was a big jump over five. it used to be shoved between all the sport game wrestling games like in racing, various racing games, it would be shoved in that pile. I also like how it doesn't even, like cartridge doesn't even say the title of the game on it. It's just Superman's chest. <laughs> but we can say with all confidence that, and of course, the game is not actually called Superman sixty four. It is right. just Superman. But we can we can certainly all agree that Knights is a better flying game than Superman sixty four. Oh, for yeah. Hey, while we're yeah, you know, both games do have one thing in common. You yeah. fly through rings. You do, you do. It is all about one thing. A little less fog in this one. I I like my fog free nights. (laughs) (laughs) Very true. More more pop in, though. So, so what you're saying is they should make a Superman 64 Knights mod. (laughs) Yes, I'm down for that. I think I just threw up a little bit. One one mechanic in Knights that I think is is kind of the key to, you know, kind of having it click with you is it does this thing where when you basically draw a circle with your path, it creates this sort of uh, vortex area that you went through. And, you know, that's good for collecting things i think it even causes some secrets to appear and yes. also it's attacking attacking you know uh enemies as well uh, you know, you know, once, once you once you understand how important that is uh i you know it's it becomes much easier to start to uh learn the the best routes yes. through the levels uh, I might add, it also play. attracts stuff through the z-axis like yeah, that's, yeah. So you can use it if there's like some blue chips right next to you, but it's not on your path. If you draw a big enough circle, you can still grab some of that stuff. Mm-hmm. Now, I have to confess, I 
I want to say I played the girl's path the one time I played through it. The are the are the le- the levels on the other character are completely different, aren't they? Yeah, yes. except for the last one. And there's except a the last one. Yeah, but there's okay. a special ending when you beat as both. Okay. Yeah. Well, I, I need to go back and do that. So I actually found out like random trivia where the influence for the game came mm-hmm. from, which makes a ton of sense once you hear it. It, um, it's uh, Circus de Soleil or whatever he was. Oh, oh yeah, Circus yeah. Soleil. Yeah. yeah, that was like the major influence was watching huh. performers with that, and suddenly you're like, click. That's where the hell this. While we're on the subject, that makes sense. Why Knights looks almost like a jester or something. Yes. Yeah. While we're yeah. on the subject, I wanted to talk about Bilan, uh, in, in Wonder World, the new game from. Um, oh yeah. Uh, what's his name? Oh, oh yeah. Yuji Naka, this game really made a click in my mind. Like it, it really seems inspired on the design of knights in general, with the gesture and the kids. Yeah, yeah. yeah the line looks very like knights. Similar. I I think knights was always like the seek deep passion project of trying to, and tr- they did a Wii sequel. I d- I own it, but I haven't played it. It's super cheap. Hey, you're not missing much. Yeah. Did, did, I, if you I, do, if you play it, do not play it with the Wii remote on its own. You will hate yourself. Yeah, Don't play yeah. It with the mindset. I, 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 I do have that and I have not played it as well. I, I generally hear people say it's it's eh. it was the game to buy it at lunch. I'm still curious. Don't don't bother. Don't I bother. was excited for the Wii sequel because you heard all of my kind of the, the, the story where this, this game like existed in my mind much more than Night yeah. really is. And when they announced a Wii sequel, I was like absolutely excited. And I was at the time where I didn't have much money. I was a broke college student. So buying new games was difficult, but I still went out of my way and I picked that game up. And when you don't buy a whole lot of new games in a period, and when you're really excited to get that one game and then you get it and then it, Night's Journey plays like Night's Journey in the Dreams or whatever the sequel was called. Journey it's um, Journey of Dreams. It's uh, it's it. Yeah, it's uh, it's even extra disappointing when you're so hyped for it and then it uh, that bad uh, and you, you're yeah. too broke to buy other stuff. I, 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 had a similar experience with, uh, I had a similar experience with uh, on on the Wii with Final Fantasy uh, Crystal Chronicles: The Crystal Bearers. I yeah. like. For some reason, I thought in trailers, I thought it looked so awesome, and then it, it was horrible. It was uh, so my experience with uh, Final Fantasy, like anything related to that on the Wii back in when the Wii was the current system, was playing the demo of My Life as a Dark Lord, I believe. Mm. Which is the 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 uh, I was almost said Wii Shop, no WiiWare game, where it's basically just a tower defense where you just yeah. have to. We plop a bunch of layers down. It's actually kind. Of, it was kind of clever. Like just the thought too yeah. you can put into it. Wasn't that one of the Crystal Chronicles ones? I think so. I think it, it was. I think it was of... the Crystal Chronicles, like sort of sub universe or whatever. Yeah. During the Wii, I fell out of Nintendo over the course of the Wii for a while there Same because here. I was just like, like I just like it. It just like a lot of games just were feeling half baked, like how can we do this blah 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 or just jump in and it just it just i just like fell out i was doing pc gaming mostly during that time Mm. there there definitely are like a lot of um you know pretty pretty solid stuff on uh Uh, yeah i I, on on the wii i mean in in a lot of ways i mean i I know a lot of people give me flack for this but like i kind of like the wii more than the gamecube uh i i feel like some of nintendo's like first party stuff like especially mario 
you know, and then they, you know, I thought Mario was better on 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 Wii than GameCube, and then you got you know revivals like Punch Out that I thought worked worked really well. Yeah, uh, you know, there, there, there's definitely uh, Nintendo uh, did some good stuff on the Wii for sure. I still need yeah. to play Punch Out Wii. I've been meaning to get that. I'm, yeah, yeah, I'm tempted to just emulate it on Dolphin with a Wii mode nunchuck connected to my PC. Yeah, that's one that I need to pick up again. I, I like, I'm I'm buying Wii stuff now because I'm like in. Like Wii U and Wii stuff, I'm picking it up because Wii U stuff's dirt cheap. But uh, Wii stuff is gonna be going up eventually. Honestly, I feel like I if people you have a Wii U, just yeah. get the digital version on the eShop because it's twenty bucks there. I've been buying the stuff I want well, in the Wii U game. There's one I don't have, and of course, the only one I don't have that I want is like one of the most expensive games on Wii U. So I've kind of given up on getting it. What game? Uh, <laughs> game and Wario. Oh. Isn't that on the eShop, though? Yeah, I but mean, it's, yeah, it's, I'm not... I don't... Tr- I'm fine. I, was just, I do not trust Nintendo digitally. I love Nintendo's True. properties. They have yeah. proven to be terrible stewards of their digital IP. So I don't buy oh, stuff yeah, digitally from Nintendo. Good. I own one digital Switch game that's available also on a cartridge. Like That's how many of the... That's it. I've bought one game that had a cartridge equivalent. <laughs> and it's only because I already own the cartridge and I wanted to have it on my Switch at all times. Yeah, I just go digital on my Switch because if I'm bringing my Switch somewhere, I want all my games with me. And I would love to do that, but I just don't yeah. trust Nintendo. I generally I buy trust them either. I know the feeling. I shouldn't trust them either. But so. I've been buying physical for the Wii U because it's so cheap right now, and it's yeah. one of the. It's a system where I, it's like there's an end site to it. The games yeah. I want on it because yeah. it's not. It's I just like, need. I just need that game in Wario. So somebody comes across an extra one of those that isn't you know stupid money. So shoot, yeah. shoot it my way. <laughs> I'll, I'll let you know if I find one. Yeah. Okay. But, uh, yeah, so. I just looked at Game and Warrior up and like on eBay and like 72 bucks for a buy. That's almost, that's almost Gravity Rush Remastered US levels of prices, I think. Jeez. Yeah, but I mean, when you think about it, that's not re- I mean, that's, there are a lot of stupid, more. Could have been worse. It could be worse, though. Yeah, no, it, it's more the principle. Like, I, I, it wouldn't have any heartburn. I could easily go drop seventy-two dollars on a copy. But at the same point, I then wouldn't want to live with myself when I go, "Why did I just spend seventy-two dollars on eBay <laughs> for a copy of a Wii U game?" Yeah. Well, I would hate myself after. It's more of a like if I find it for forty or fifty bucks somewhere, maybe. But I'm not going to eBay and dropping seventy dollars. But Fair yeah, enough. I think that generation a week. There's there's going to be a big generation of Wii players. Like yeah. it might be hard for some oh, yeah. people to imagine people having this, but it, it's going to be It'll a happen. big generation of, of kids who grew up with the Wii because that's oh, like, yeah. and they're gonna and they're gonna do what we have done and come spilling and buying up all the good Wii games because. Yeah. Yeah. Um, next I pandemic hits in fifteen years. So in other words, even if Night's Journey to Dreams is not a great Wii game, get it while the getting's cheap. Yes, it's one of the cheapest. It's like I got it for less than I got picked it up my, recently for less my, than like eight, ten bucks. Uh, many years ago, my dad bought it for me at a GameStop for fifteen. Yeah, yeah. well, I'm looking at it. It's on eBay for five dollars plus shipping, so I can yeah, get oh, yeah, less than really nine dollars. Like, yeah, then you could just say you have a complete Knights collection. Be happy with yourself. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> No, yeah, you want to. You got to buy the Japanese PS2 copy then, if you want to complete it. Yeah, I mean, well, yeah. You and every version, every version of the HD version, you can get digitally. <laughs> well, but yeah. uh, the but speaking, speaking of, of a, doesn't count. 
Speaking of a complete Knights collection, uh, I, I have to uh, confess, I do not know that much about Christmas Knights. Like, yeah. uh, oh, uh, yeah, I've not played it, so we should probably talk quick, about Quick that basics one. of that. Yeah, there was um, originally released in, as a uh, to help sell extra consoles as a bonus in Japan, and then they released it here as a as a sampler as well. Um, it was a basically a demo of the game. It was only the first level mainly just the first level of the game but of course all the textures all the were replaced with christmas themed and as oh, well as yeah. there are multiple winter. versions there's multiple versions of things that go on in the level depending on when you play it it has a different theme if you play it in normal just throughout most of the year general winter time if you play on christmas day if you play on new year's day and i think there's a few others i should have pulled the list april if you play if you play on april fool's nights it's replaced with reala oh yeah i uh, I, I think i'm not sure if this is in christmas nights on sound but the hd version has a Things like where uh, you have extra holiday costumes for all the characters, like say Halloween, they've got Halloween costumes. A specific yeah. date in somewhere the the kids are wearing like swimwear, stuff like that. Really um, cool. yeah, I just I literally got it a half hour before Christmas on Christmas Eve. I'm like, and uh, then it took me about a half hour to beat. <laughs> yeah, with <laughs> like, one level, it doesn't take long. <laughs> It's, it's one, one level. level from each kid, I think. It's it, it's the same level for each kid, but really, it's designed for you yeah. to replay it because you get all the extra presents, which is just mostly just like promo stuff and behind the scenes stuff, which I think you're but easily unlocked in the HD version by pretty, playing the game. Pretty big for something that was free, like oh yeah, there's even like, a Sonic yeah, a of of version. So, yeah. so the level the level is based on the first, first level. level, just that yes. sort of that gr that the blue first, sky green. I think grass it's Claris's first level. I think yeah. it is. And then you end up fighting that it, weird it fish been, boss. Uh, it would have been so interesting, I feel like, to make a Christmas theme based on the the what's it called the soft museum. Yeah, um, that that I think uh, you know again I haven't played right, the boys yeah. levels, but uh, I, I I mean that. From I mean they could have done they could have done the perspective. I think that that's a very interesting level because it was very got that, fun if, too. If they wanted to be lazy, they could have just I forgot what the level is called, but I remember the music name for it. They could have done the love they take the snow train level, but instead, oh, which is yeah. already winter. Oh, I, we forgot to mention they have the Christmas music too. So it's think of it yeah. like a really extensive mod. Yeah. Of a first few and they also replaced all like the blue Text chips and the idiot capture with like a Christmas tree and all this stuff. Lots yeah, of so Christmas it's, it's a full reskin. <laughs> Very festive. Yeah, there, let's see. There is the you know, in, and in the main Wing. Saturn one. Let's see the let's see. There was the Winter Nights from November to November and January. Christmas Nights. If you and it changes to Jingle Bells if you play it on Christmas, and, and it has a few <laughs> different songs in there as well. Um, is he on Christmas Day? Santa Claus will appear on New Year's Day. A Happy New Year, um, and is it will, will appear on there? Valentine's Day hearts will appear. April Fool's Day, Riala will be playable instead of nights. And if you play different times of day even, during the holiday season, if you play at three a.m., you get you view a lunar eclipse. Six a.m., <laughs> you view northern the northern lights. Seven a.m., oh, you get a bright sun coming up. Nine a.m. is crescent moons. Yeah. Um, Noon so much is detail. Rainbow so, so clouds of confetti. Yeah, I, I, feel, I feel like some game designer probably like had a talking to from 
his his higher ups like saying like why the heck did you put this much effort into this (laughs) i think think they were desperate enough with saturn and knights was like the game that was going to save i mean in japan Japan it was very successful i mean oh yeah not only was it well not only was it sega's um didn't most successful console, Japan? but it, yeah, I, it was not that long ago that I actually learned like yeah, that. It, it actually also yeah, outsold the N64 in Japan. Like, so I just kind of realized Sonic Team kind of real used to really enjoy doing seasonal events because I mm-hmm. did the Sonic Adventure games have it because I know Fantasy had, Star did. They had Christmas deal. They had a bunch of DLC for the Dreamcast version, which it was forever lost, but is now playable in the PC version with mods. Like, you can mod the seasonal DLC in. But they had DLC where it's like Station Square would be have, like, Christmas trees, New Year's stuff, and even Japanese-related holidays as well. Yeah, Fantasy Star Online does a ton of that, too. Like, which is another Sonic Team game. Like, I think Sonic... I mean, that's pretty typical of MMOs MMOs in general. general, I mean, like, uh, yeah. And uh, Sonic Adventure 2 on the... Sonic Adventure 2 on the Dreamcast also had DLC costumes for the multiplayer, which were like Halloween themed and whatnot. Yeah, I, I was just saying the Knights, the way they themed it felt similar to what they did in Fantasy Star Online, the way they themed it, mm-hmm. like the sound and everything of it. It's very specific, but yeah, it's, it felt very similar to that. Um I would love to see a more fleshed out one as much as extra content. I wish they would have uh, run... I wish they did that for the HD version. So I could see them possibly, you know. I wish they gave us more Christmas Night style content in the HD slash PS2 version because they were essentially remaking the game. They could have had the opportunity to add more. I mean, you know, there's just not that many like truly Christmas themed games out there. Honestly, I mean, I I found that one out trying to uh, build the list for the voting. (laughs) I I spent a lot of time. Batman Arkham Origins a Christmas game in the same way people consider Die Hard a Christmas movie. (laughs) Do not disperse by Die Hard as a Christmas Christmas movie. (laughs) Yeah, way easier to come up with Halloween games than it is to come up with Christmas games. I ended up putting in some weird... Halloween just do anything scary. Yeah, it doesn't matter what time of year it took place. But even, yeah, but it's just like, it was just like, wow, there's like, it's like the majority of Christmas games you can find are usually 90s, 2000 Flash games. Like yeah, elf bowling or, and stuff, yeah. or, or you know, yeah. go 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 play some CDI stuff. <laughs> it's like, oh my god, I remember that stream of watching those awful last Christmas watching um, DF Retro play this yeah. awful. Yeah, but yeah, oh, I was yeah. stretched so far that I added Until Dawn on PS4 to the uh, Christmas. List. That's how hard <laughs> it was to come up with. It was wow. SSX oh, it... Until Dawn, Arkham Origins, I know. and Knights. Like, I, I don't. I don't even know if Until Dawn takes place in like December or, just, or it, anything. Like it. I mean, snowy cavern area. Cavern I mean, I think it's isn't it like I feel I like it's actually it thinks, summer. I, th- I think it takes place in Canada, so it could really be any time of year. I just, when I was yeah. stretching, I was fi- found some. I had never played it, but I found some allusions to it being a winter snowy game. And I'm like, all right, we're going with the play it. We could have gone with a duo duo of elf bowling and ski free for our winter. Oh theme my game. god! Well, well, maybe uh, hey, ski free is easily available. You can find yeah, it on the website. There's a 64 bit version, so you can play it. I mean, maybe, uh, maybe when. Uh, 
uh, people actually, you know, can have PS5s. Uh, well, of course, I guess it's also on PS4. You know, Miles Morales uh, is is also a winter yeah. game. I, guess. I need to. I, th- I don't even have a PS4. <laughs> yeah, I thought about that, but it was like incredibly too new. Uh, like yeah. it, there was a lot of stuff going against it, with it being primarily a PS5 game. And yeah, I'm sure most I'm most some year, are, perhaps. Yeah, PS4 <laughs> right. it would have worked, but. Nobody wanted to. Nobody wants to buy it on PS4. I feel like and most people yeah, are waiting yeah. to get it on PS5 when they can get one. Maybe you know, maybe someday we can do Batman Arkham Origins for December. <laughs> I, I, I'd actually be down for that because I've I've I have not played the series beyond Arkham City. So uh, Arkham Origins, I think, is like if you enjoyed City, you're gonna enjoy Origins because it's pretty much just more of City. Like it, the map is bigger, but it's basically more, big, an extension to City's map. Yeah, I mean, I, I've always heard that it was, you know, maybe unnecessary, and it, it, I know it's not from Rocksteady Games. Yeah, um, I, 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 I did not like City anywhere near as much as Asylum, just because I, like I, Asylum, I, was much more of that unified. Uh, that you definitely should not play Arkham Knight. Uh, Ar- yeah. <laughs> Arkham Asylum, I really liked, and it had a little bit of that Metroid like yeah, feel to it. That much smaller, tighter. Uh, it was so there. well like made. I felt like I prefer. Like, I honestly prefer City because Ar- Ar- I only I played Origins first, so going back to Asylum just feels weird and in a way kind of clunky. Yeah, I can get that. I, I can understand, but you know, I you know sometimes I get burnt out on open world games, and so I liked the more focused. Uh, yeah. Uh, I unfortunately, you don't have to do a bunch of the optional stuff in City and Origins. You could just go from plot point to plot point. But I mean, a lot of the optional stuff... I, mean, I love the Riddler stuff in Arkham Asylum. The Riddler stuff was great, actually, compared... I like the actual, like... Like, I think it really captured him as a villain, which is... Are you like, cheating? Actually- Looking it up on the internet? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the Riddler yelling at you. <laughs> Sorry, I had to put that code in there. I still need to <laughs> yeah. play through that. You guys are tempting me to put that on for uh, put an Arkham Asylum on for February. Like, I mean, well, I, 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 I should down. play it too. I should uh, play it too. I, I would love to play through it again, especially because I mean, there's so many versions of it yeah. now. And I played with even on Wii U. It was <laughs> free yeah. on Epic Arkham not long ago. Pretty good, I believe. I so it actually was it City that was on Wii U. It was City. It yeah, now. Asylum. Yeah. I honestly like the Return to Arkham versions in terms of how they look visually compared yeah, to the I mean, I, I know that I know that there was some complaints about them being not that ambitious or not that good, but they're all I'm they're assuming, of, they I'm ported assuming, the games I can tell you the scope of them. It's basically they ported the games to Unreal Engine four for the PS4 and uh, Xbox One. So it kind of changes like the, the some way of the that... effects are different and yeah. some of the visuals are different. But I like how things like the bloom on like little like small lights that light up signs look more in that version. And I, and I imagine you know any performance issues are probably cleared up by by current gen consoles as well. But there's just it, so you, so many ways to play Arkham Asylum these days. If you play the unpatched PS4 version of Return to Arkham on boost mode on a pro, you'll actually be able to play it at like 60 FPS at times because they didn't patch an FPS cap in originally. Oh, huh. but it's variable. It's a variable frame rate. It's not locked. Well, that means so, if you're playing on PS5, it'd be even better then. Probably it would be locked. So, so I wanted to bring up this is more meta game club, but um, we've ha- been having a lot of discussions about the Nintendo problem. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, which is it's a, it's a if, a, if a Nintendo game shows up on the list, it will win. 
Yeah. Yeah. That's something struggling with. It seems less Nintendo and more like retro in general. Well, but, yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's like friggin' like the earlier the one you go, Origins. So, well, like we, the I earlier think we you go, the, the, the better chance you'll find the figure out a game that will win i think but, what we should do is maybe have theme months so like one month we could do a more modern game from like 360 ps3 to ps4 xbox one generation maybe do them generationally like that. that would be like yeah like months generally generationally like do, like do a gen 6 month or something maybe well, i guess i, I guess the Eternal darkness won halloween and... that was but that was also a nintendo game technically so that's true yeah. true yeah yeah that, that, yeah, that was oh, yeah, the solution is just uh Maybe leave Nintendo games off if you've had like too many consecutive that, ones. Or that's something. what I've done. Yeah. That's what I did maybe, for uh, November. I, I was intentionally skipping. Yeah. And maybe stuff. we could also maybe we could also just have one month where it's not retro. I mean, I understand like a lot of the reason people like to pick retro games is because they're typically short and they're easier to ones. like. They're that's, easier to get. Like no, in yeah. terms of like a ways. Yeah, but I think I, I think for variety, maybe we could do a month where it's just more modern stuff. Well, yeah, I tried to get yeah, Hades on, fair. and Hades almost won in November, but uh, Ducktales mm. won out. Hades was really close, if I remember. Ducktales was my pick, but that, I honestly, when I when I when I uh, pick games, I'm picking ones that I either want an excuse to play or buy. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like like when I pick like when I picked Knights for December. Like, half the reason I did that is because I had just bought the game, like, a couple of months ago, I mean, and it would be a reason to play it. Part, and... of the reason I, part of the reason I put Batman on... Oh, sorry. Sorry, go on. Yep. I mean, and, and also, like you, like, you said, like you said as well, I mean, it was shorter. Like, one of the other games on there was, I believe, Lunar. Right? Or was it yeah, Lunar 2? Yeah, Lunar, Lunar 1, and the only reason I put that on there is I looked, the original version was averaging, like, only 17 to 19 hours on how to beat. And so, because I'm trying to stick with stuff that's 20 hours or less for Game Club. That's why I haven't mm, right. put much in the way of RPGs. But Lunar did have a, would seem to be pretty short in terms of RPG. I wonder, I wonder if we could contemplate, like, a single year game, like, or ha six months or something that can mm. be a longer game. That's, like, I'm going to be by the end of the year or something. Well, one that runs alongside the monthly yeah. games. Yeah, I don't know if it'd be a good idea. idea. Wouldn't it be yeah. hard to commit to it since, this, like, the yeah. deadline would be so far away? Maybe, yeah, like, I, that, that, I mean, that would happen. I Persona 5 and I got bored four hours, 40 hours into Persona 5, so I was like, mm, I don't know. But, I don't know. Put it, put it maybe uh, either... For I don't know, I'd set a couple month limit, so it's something that's more like either quarterly or half a year, depending. Could just test it out at half a year, six months. What it could do one thing is like during that test period, it could just have also regular games every month. Like, oh, yeah. I like yeah, it. This obviously would not be something that takes the place time. of regular monthly. No, this would not take the place. This would be like, hey, if you already beat your game of the month, then Here's go ahead. Here's an extra one to work on, but for by the in a couple months. So then, like the long RPGs can get kind of included, but like you're not trying to beat a freaking RPG in a month. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, that, no matter what you. Sometimes try to do I that, like to do that if I can. <laughs> <laughs> you may have a lot of time then for that because. Yeah. I would Ooh. love to have that kind of time availability. But yeah, <laughs> like something like something like even just trying out half half a year like six months for a game or something like would i think would be at least reasonable yeah. to test it out as an idea yeah, I mean, maybe a quarter of a year 
one thing one thing i love to go for on the topic of just themed games is like so one thing i love to see is just like a section a theme for like retro pc games because those are still relatively attainable through sites like gog or steam nowadays and those are easily playable today it would have to be stuff that you definitely played easily because some of them even on steam i found out don't play Great, like I recently yeah. picked up uh, I re- episode yeah. one racer, yeah. and it's all, episode one racer is nearly unplayable, if, especially if you want uh, controller based controls. Uh, yeah. No, you're pretty. Like, I'd probably say just like PC centric games would probably be. Yeah. Well, to me, it was PC centric. <laughs> That's where I played. Yeah. It. It's like one example I thought of was Forsaken. Was the game Forsaken, which got a remaster for the Xbox One as well. Um, so that's relatively attainable. Yeah, I recently picked up the uh, 90s Star Wars games off GOG, which GOG tends to be far more compatible, but I already have like a flight stick to do like stuff because Mandalorian has put me into a big Star Wars 90s Star Wars yeah. nostalgia period. So I'm like... <laughs> so starting yeah, to play TIE Fighter. I have to actually watch season two of that. I've watched the first I've, episode and for oh my God, whatever reason... It was amazing. Didn't. It was. I've I've only ever watched a bit of the first episode and then I put Mandalorian Aww. down. Like in general, he's yeah. he's he's twenty. You got to give him a break. He didn't he didn't get the amazing like, the the hey, lifelong. I still like yeah, Mandalorian. I still need to, I need to watch 4K 77 though for episode one at some point. I'm still just 22 and I still fucking binged it. It was amazing. <laughs> I, also yeah. didn't have, I also didn't have much time when it was coming out because of the co- because of college. And, uh, I, I, yeah, need, I need to watch it sometime. I mean, I've never, I've never had Disney Plus at any point yet, <laughs> so I need to. Ah. Like, I, 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 I Mandalorian maybe, and Deals too. I, mean, I might wait. I might wait until like some of the like the Marvel stuff is all out on it, and then just like binge a whole bunch of things. Oh so, yeah. Then, so I don't have to like. They have all the moves subscribed for too so long. Have those, yeah. But yeah, yeah, I mean, I'm sure it's it's I'm sure it's pretty great value. Disney Plus. Yeah. Is- good if you like very specific things that disney yes. the very specific things which is disney movies star wars stuff marvel stuff if you like any of those three things it's good if you don't really care for those then it doesn't it's not very great it's but like the problem, the problem is i like all that stuff but i barely use disney plus yeah i have kids so it sees a lot of use because it's actually one of the only streaming services where the most where the most violent thing or worst thing they could run into on there is Indiana Jones, which I watched Indiana Jones when I was six, so they'd be fine. Yeah. <laughs> wasn't that one of the wasn't the Temple of Doom was the second one I think wasn't that one of the movies that like sparks debate to like get more ratings for the like, yes PG thirteen that's what yeah. led to PG thirteen being created. Yeah, but I think it, even nowadays I think Temple of Doom is still rated PG, which is kind of funny. Well, yeah, it is. I mean, I guess yeah, they yeah. don't go back and change. Blues that. Brothers is PG. Did you know that? <laughs> Holy crap! Blues <laughs> Brothers is PG, which well, is I mean, cool. you know, space baseballs is PG, and it's it's got a, it's got an bomb. Ghostbusters, I think, as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I forget. I watched Ghostbusters as a kid in the two thousands. I still I got the DVD release that was like the two disc set for both movies. Oh uh, yeah, like when last time I watched Ghostbusters, it was with my parents and my like youngest sister, and we actually, actually, actually watched it. And I was like, I don't remember it being like this. Is you Ghost- know something I just thought of we could do for a theme, 
new games based off like old movies from the 80s so stuff we could have like ghostbusters the video game where they mm. go back to the future game the thing then... nice. yes yes it's like we could but do the... like modern games based off like old movies I guess Friday's but, uh, 15th is modern. I think it was was it demo or uh, or Clark that mentioned uh, old computer games, and I'd be really down for that because everyone just always plays maybe like console it... games. But I'd be down for retro computer games like Commodore, mm-hmm. MSX. I don't know. Well, maybe well, a single also... month. Maybe yeah, do a single I... dedicated month. That's just yes. like, hey, let's we're gonna do a yeah. retro PC game this month. That'd be very like, cool. Like Monkey Island. I don't. Mind. I don't know anything. My example that I would use that I would probably submit is Forsaken bec- or any game that was remastered by Night Dive because. Those yeah. are also available on consoles like Turok. You can get on the Switch. Now. I recently found out Modern Vintage Gamer works for That's... Night Dive. Yeah, same know. here. Yeah, he, he got a prototype cartridge from uh, Stephen Kick, who was yeah, the for, the, for uh, Turok Three, and he mentioned something. that he worked at Night Dive, and that was the first time I ever found out about that. I was like, "Wow, That's cool." Huh. Which I'd love to get a job there, but I don't know anything about whatever it is they do, so <laughs> I'm. I can't apply. <laughs> well, Sandy is uh, starting to look at me with the hungry eyes. She's oh, actually yeah. she's actually being pretty good. Uh, her her, her oh, dinner yes, time is normally uh, yeah. is normally five thirty, but she's just been she's just been napping. But now she's she's, she's starting to stir and starting Sandy, to stare at me. She needs her energy to uh, be the star of the Sunday night stream. Uh, exactly. She's become the unofficial mascot. She's become the unofficial mascot. Now. I still I love like there was one point where you it was an episode of. Uh, the sh- of my life gaming and it was just Sandy was on screen. You just and someone just edited bark sounds on top of it. On top of oh my- yeah, I, think it, I I can't remember which episode it was, but I remember she uh she jumped onto a beanbag. Ch- I think it, it might have been a, a Patreon video log actually. I don't. And, I and, core, and, and like Sandy, or or was it the no? Couldn't have been the room tour because I didn't have her yet. But th- there was somewhere she she jumped onto a beanbag chair and Corey edited in you know the 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 duck on park park and then <laughs> oh man I think you duck on uh, things for Sandy and it would be a good idea just add some like emojis thing just add some animations of Sandy as the duck hunt dog that'd be great <laughs> I, 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 I like to let her make a little cameo whenever possible you know there was. Uh, there, there was something in uh, I think it was the what episode? The soundtrack episode? Nothing top. Oh, no, it was the um, it was the uh, the Mario sixty four episode. I don't think Corey actually used this part because he was editing that uh, uh, part of the episode. Um, but there was one where you know we were doing all of those controller uh, shots. You know where you actually have like the controller on screen and then you know you've got the embedded in the corner. Yeah, yeah. Corey came up with the term controller actions. We call them controller actions. Um, yeah. There was one part where Sandy just like comes up and just like starts sniffing my fingers as I'm playing the game. <laughs> and I, think, I, I was hoping he would actually use that part, but I don't think he did. <laughs> oh, man. All right. Well, go, go feed Sandy. Make sure she's got her energy for uh, for night, tonight's stream so she can get her, she can get her oh, yeah, nap afterwards. Yeah, feed Sandy. Tonight is Sunday. I forget. I keep forgetting. Yeah, it's hard to keep track now that the college uh, is over. So where is this podcast going to be? Like, where is it going to be posted? Is it? Uh, yeah, I was wondering because I still didn't see anything with the other clip that uh, I gave Henry it to Corey. I gave the other one to Corey because he said he was going to post them on. He gets there's an RSS feed for the. Um, oh. Uh, I forgot what would they call it, but um, 
that he posts, I guess, pot, he posts the Sunday night streams as a podcast as well to, to a feed somewhere. I don't know where he's got the feed at. You'll have to tag him. And ask. Okay. All right. So, all that's right. good. Yep. All right, guys. I appreciate you guys right. uh, trumping in. Well, we we had almost two hours going here. Yeah, <laughs> so, we had. Yeah, wow. wow. Yep. I appreciate it, guys. It's been fun. Yeah. We'll, yeah. Uh, we'll Looking get forward together. to Bomberman. Same here. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Bomberman. Yep. After so, I get on the getting a Saturn controller from a PC. On, on the Saturn Bomberman. Woo! Yeah, right. First time I play a uh, Bomberman, actually, I'm kind of a. Uh, you know, yeah. looking forward to it. Yeah, this is the first time I played like, through. I've, I've, I've dabbled, but never played through. This will be a first time. I only, yeah. I only ever played the 10 player mode of of this game. Oh, so I would kill to play this in 10 player. Parsec is a thing we could hop on Parsec and emulate it. The input lag isn't that bad with Parsec. Yeah, it's, it actually works really well. Parsec is put, surprisingly good. I would put this a game in one of the like top dream multiplayer games to play. Like yes. a full thing of this, could, I've but I've at least I'm able to do a full full four sword setup, and I'm a, and I've done steel battalion at Pax East a few times. Ooh. Full steel yes. battalion. Oh, we one used day, to have it steel battalion, but uh, yeah, it's been one, we had it in a college apartment many years ago. Anyway, I'm I'm need to head up, but yeah, it'd be cool yep. if we could do like ten player at some point. Oh yeah, people here, and I'm right. gonna head. Yep. I'm not gonna go set the table. All right, See you later, everyone. Thanks. Right. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye. Bye.